You know, I believe in the power of prayer. I don't just believe that when we say words, that they're just words in an empty room and it's just us making ourselves feel better. I believe what the Bible says about prayer. James says that prayer is powerful and effective. And so we believe as Christians, if you believe the Bible and what it says, we believe that when we pray because of what Jesus has done in our relationship with Jesus, that our words have access in the throne room of the most high God. And when you have access to God, you can come before him and lay your heart before him. You can ask for things. You can thank him for things. And I always like to start our sermons, like to take a moment to just give God permission to speak to us in the way he needs to speak to us. Oftentimes it's not that the word doesn't go forward. It's that our hearts are not prepared to receive what God has for us in the moment. And so would you close your eyes with me? And if you're um, willing and able to just raise your hands up as a sign of surrender, we see it all throughout the Bible as a sign. It just says, God, I'm, I'm surrendered here. I'm, I'm laying down whatever I came with just before you and my time, my, my mind is here and, and let's pray. And father, we thank you for the amazing privilege of being able to come into your throne room right now. We thank you that we can come in boldly to the throne room is what your word says, and that we are children, that we are followers of Jesus. We are children of yours. And we ask God today, we ask that you would speak to us. Prepare our hearts to hear, not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear, God. Uh, what you need to deposit in us, what your Holy Spirit needs to confirm in us, what the word of encouragement that needs to be just planted today, Father, would you do only what you can, but we come here with our, our hands and our arms raised saying, speak to us. We're ready to listen. And we know we praise your name because you are worthy of glory and honor. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, now that you... A lot of you can see your faces. Why don't you turn and smile to someone by you or wave to them. If you're wearing a mask, give them a little wink in the eye, little eye smiles. Jesus is good. Amen. We're in a series about the Ten Commandments. I think we're week three in. Today, we're going to be talking about the third commandment. And if you know the person that you're sitting next to right now, would you tell them what you think the third commandment is? It's a little task. Go ahead. You get a second. Don't Google it. This is just, you, you either know it or you don't. And I'm going to read it. Exodus 20, verse 7. We're jumping to commandment number three. Last week, we did one slash kind of two, which the first two are focused on idolatry. Now I'm going to read Exodus chapter 20, verse seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. When I was younger... The cousin, let me just kind of preface this. I have on my mother's side of the family, 30 first cousins, 30 first cousins. And I came later in the spectrum. So I'm like down here amongst all the older cousins. 
And the cousin that was closest in age to me growing up was my cousin named Jake. And I'll never forget one of the times I went over to his house and I was spending a night there and it was coming, you know, Jake was the coolest guy. Anything Jake did, I wanted to do. And he said, hey, before we go to bed, I'm going to teach you my routine. We're young about how to brush your teeth. So once again, anything that Jake did, I wanted to do it just like Jake did. And so I get my two, we, we go to his, his bathroom. There's two uh, sinks. I stand at mine. He's next to his. I get my toothbrush, my toothpaste out. And, uh, you know, I, I'm like, I know this part. So I put my toothpaste on, my toothbrush, and, and he d- gets his. And he's like, okay, let's go. And I put mine, and I don't know how long you brush your teeth, but the way I was like five seconds, I was like, done? Okay, what's next? He's like, no, no, no. He had a little timer. I mean, this was efficient. He turned his little timer over. He says, no, we're going to brush our teeth for two minutes. I said, two minutes? That's longer than I've ever brushed my teeth in my life. And so I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking at this timer. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't have enough teeth to keep brushing. And I'm two minutes and I'm brushing my teeth, brushing my teeth. And then when we finish, he says, uh, hey, I have one of these extra ones for you. Uh, this is a, um, uh, uh, this is a, a tongue cleaner. I don't even know what they're called. And so he gets it out and he shows, he puts his tongue out. He's like, this is how you clean your tongue. And this is part of cleaning your mouth. And I'm like, I never knew this. And so I take my own and it was, I I do it. And I'm like, this is weird, but okay, I'm cleaning my tongue. And then he gets the floss out and, and I'm floss. He shows me, he says, you know, you got to take the string and you got to put it between your teeth like this and clean it. And I've never flossed. So I'm just bleeding all over the place. It's like a war zone in there. And, and once we finish flossing, blood dripping, and he brings out the final piece to the mouth cleaning equation. And the final piece that he brings out is a bottle of Listerine. And he brings out two Dixie cups and he pours the Listerine in both Dixie cups and he puts one in front of me and takes his. And, and I don't remember what he did at that time, but he was not supervising me anymore. That's what I remember. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, he's doing something. I'm like, okay, well, this is simple enough. I did the flossing, I did the tongue wash and Listerine, got it, you know, bottles up. And so, mm-hmm. put my cup down proudly to my older cousin like I did this. He looks over at me when he finally starts paying attention again and he's, he's got it in his mouth, he's like, Spits it out and was like, dude, did you drink yours or what happened with yours? I said, no, no, I'm done. I, I, I swallowed it. He said, you swallowed it? He's like, that's got alcohol. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get drunk. This is it for me. Like my, I'm never going to be able to tell my parents how this night went. And I was freaking out. But I mean, bottom line, I had never used, I mean, done half the things that he had done before with this mouth cleaning process, but I had never used Listerine. And Listerine's a great thing, right? I use it now and I, I enjoy it. You put it in your mouth, makes your mouth feel a certain way. You swish it, it kills a bunch of germs in your mouth and then you spit it out and you're done. Your mouth is healthier and clean and helps take away plaque, all that good stuff. But how many of us know that if you have a good thing, but you don't know how to use it, it can end up hurting you. 
If you have a good thing and you don't know how to use it, you can what? Misuse it. And that was a little bit what I was dealing with in this situation. There was something that was supposed to help me clean my mouth, but because I didn't know how to use it, it ended up giving me a little bit of a negative effect. As we are jumping into the Ten Commandments today, many of us know the name of God or know the names of God, and maybe you can even mention a few names, but oftentimes, as good as God's name is, oftentimes we do that very same thing where we take it and we don't fully understand how to rightly use the name of God. And oftentimes we misuse the name of God. Or may I dare say that sometimes we take the name of God and use it in wrong ways or for hurtful things. And God is giving us this passage, not just to tell us what not to do, but is ultimately trying to help us live the life that he wants us to live, which is a good life. And so let me read the verse one more time. And I'm gonna quickly bring two highlights to, and we're gonna jump in to the, the, the meat of this passage. Exodus 20, verse seven, just gonna read the front part of it. You shall not take, focus on that word. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in, the other word I want you to focus on is vain, vain. Now, take here is important because it's not always the way we think about it. Take has a deeper meaning here that's important for us to understand the third commandment. Take here means to bear or to represent. This is about representing God. Now, this word vain there down at the bottom, it says, you shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. Vain means empty, nothing worthless, to no good purpose. In other words, what an easier translation or another way to look at the third command in a more practical, simple way to understand what it's saying is it's saying this to us. Don't represent God in the wrong way. Let me just, commandment three, don't represent God in the wrong way. And oftentimes we represent God in the wrong way by the way we talk, the way we live, the way we even use the name of God. I have two points for you this morning about representing God the right way. Representing God as an ambassador of Christ, that's what scripture says, you are an ambassador of Christ. If you're a Christian on the back of your t-shirt, it says Team Jesus. You, everywhere that you go, whether you're on the bus, whether you're on the train station, you're at the train station, you're at work, you're at home, you're at the park down the street. If you're a Christian, you're a representative of Jesus. And so while the world looks at Christians, they're ultimately looking to how are Christians supposed to live? Christian means Christ-like. And so we should represent God in everything that we do, the way we talk, the way we work, the way we give, the way we live our life should represent God and should let the world know that we are different because we are Christ-like. Amen? So as we learn to represent God correctly, if you're taking notes, write this down. Represent God right. Here's the first one. Show your respect. You want to represent God right? You need to show your respect. 
Listen to what Leviticus 24, 16 says about God's name. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. Wow. The sojourner, as well as the native, when he blasphemes, or another way to say it is disrespects the name of God, shall be put to death. This was a very serious command. Think about the penalty here. The penalty is when you misuse God's name or use the Lord's God's name in vain, that the penalty was death. I mean, this was severe to God to use his name in a way that was wrong. And I always think it's interesting as we study scripture that have this in your mind and understand this is that anything that you understand about God is not just from your own mind kind of thinking about God and you came up with these concepts. If you understand anything about God, you must understand that everything that's revealed about God has been revealed from God himself. You cannot understand God outside of what he's revealed to humanity. Uh, we look at general revelation, or you could look at nature. People often say, I was walking through Colorado, and I was on a trail, and I just felt so close to God. You know why you felt close to God? Because you were close to the artwork of God. The artwork is nature. God has created, and all that God creates is beautiful. And so when you go out to the Rockies, when you go out to Yellowstone, when you look at the beauty even in a forest park around Chicago, and you see the flowers that are blossoming, when you see the beauty in nature around us, let me tell you, what it screams out is God. See, we have a creator who creates things that are beautiful. We have a creator that creates and even us, if you're a creative in this room, don't, don't think that just came out of you, but God has created you as a creative in his image. But you may be asking yourself, as we're talking about the name of God, you may ask yourself, what is the name of God? I mean, we use the title for deity. We use the title God oftentimes, right? Praying to God. We use the name of Jesus, right? The son of God, who is God. We say Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. But God actually has a lot of different names. And I want to bring you to the one that I think is the most important in all of the Bible. And it's found in Exodus chapter three. And if you know this story, God is speaking to Moses. And he's called Moses to go to Egypt. By the way, Moses is a stutterer. He has a hard time speaking correctly, and yet God still chooses Moses in his weakness to go speak to the most powerful nation in the world. Don't talk to me about your weakness and your problem. God can use anybody. God can use the least of us. God can use the one who's unqualified in the eyes of the world. God can use the broken, most broken person to astound the world. God chose Moses and spoke to Moses in a way, very supernatural way. He spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses, in talking to this bush, realizing that this is God, this burning bush, Moses is, is told where he's going to go, but he has a question for God. 
Moses asked God, if I come to the people of Israel in Egypt and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? What an intriguing question. A mortal being asking an immortal God, a finite person asking an infinite God, what is your name? Our name says so much about us. Our name is part of our identity. It's part of who we are. And Moses is saying, if I go back to the people and say, this is the God of your fathers, that's good. But, but what if they ask me for your name? I don't know your name. What is your name? And God chooses to reveal his name to Moses. He says, this is his name. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. You know, the Hebrew translation of the word I am, it's such a revered word that Hebrews, Jewish people who revered the name of God wouldn't even say the word out loud many times. And when they would say it to someone else, they would reference this holy name of God. They would whisper it. They had such a respect and an awe for the name of God that had been revealed to Moses. And I want to tell it to you, I want to say it in Hebrew, the name of God, I am who I am, but let me whisper it for reverence. God's name is Yahweh. Yahweh. And God reveals to Moses his name. I am who I am. Tell the people that this is my name. If you see, if you wonder, you say, well, I don't have, I haven't seen Yahweh in the Bible. Anytime that you see the word, the Lord, and the, the word, the Lord is in all capitals, it's referring to the Hebrew word Yahweh. Anytime you're reading throughout the Old Testament and every, every letter in the word Lord is capitalized, I want you to think Yahweh. I am who I am. Some of the other, uh, another translation you may have heard that was changed in the 10th century to basically make it easier for people to pronounce is another word you may know, maybe a little bit more popular, is the word Jehovah. Jehovah. This was translated in the 10th century, around the 10th century, basically to make it easier for people to understand, and they added vowels into the word from Adonai and Elohim, which are different names for God. But God has a lot of names. He's called throughout Scripture the Alpha and the Omega. He's called the beginning and the end. He's called the Ancient of Days. We see that in Daniel. He's called the Anointed One, the Everlasting God, the God Most High, the God who sees, 
the Lord creator, the Lord of hosts, El Shaddai, meaning God Almighty, Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide, Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner, Yahweh Shalom, the Lord is my peace, Adonai means God is master, Jehovah Rapha means the Lord that heals, Elohim means all powerful God. And everywhere that we see God's name used in scripture, we see the highest of exaltation used when using any of the names of God. Listen to Psalms 8, 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Psalms 29, 2 says, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Jesus, in starting his prayer and modeling it for us, we say, hallowed be your name. In other words, what that means is holy, set apart, different, be your name, God. Acts 4.12 says, there is no other name under heaven given amongst men which, by which we must be saved. Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And last but not least, Philippians 2.10-11 at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God's name is holy. God's name is set apart. God's name is powerful. And God's name should not be treated like any other name in your vocabulary. God's name is holy, so it is like no other name that you've ever heard, nor will you ever hear. God's name is set apart and distinct. And if God's name is like no other, then it should be treated with the highest respect and should be treated like no other name. Now, let me say this. This doesn't mean that you need to avoid the name of God, right? It doesn't mean that you can't say the name of God or you can't address God by one of his different names. Often when I pray before God, I talk and will say God's different names, especially when I'm struggling with different things. When, when, when life seems overwhelming, sometimes I pray in the name of Elohim. And I say, when I feel out of control and powerless, I'll pray to the God of all power. Sometimes when I feel like I uh, need healing or there's brokenness or I'm praying for healing for someone else, I'll pray Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And there's something about acknowledging or saying the name of God that carries with it identity that puts us in place that allows us to understand how important we are, but at the same time, how small we are in this universe. God is holy. God is powerful. God is incomprehensible, which means even the smartest human being couldn't understand God in all his magnitude to even the 10th degree. God stands alone. And we need to have respect for God. And one of the ways we have that is in his name. 
And this doesn't mean that we don't use God's name, but let me tell you, oftentimes we take a holy name and we, we lower the standards. Oftentimes we take a holy name and we rob it of its worth. We take a holy name that has so much meaning and we use it for things that are so empty, right? It's the definition of vain, or we take a holy name that is so good and we use it for wrong purposes. Oftentimes, we take the holy name of God and we use it as more of an exclamation point, stub our tongue, we say, Jesus Christ, Get really excited about something that happens. Oh my God, this is. And we take something that is holy, that should be revered, that should be respected, and we toss it around like any other word. Jesus, Jesus Christ, oh my God, God, the man upstairs, the bearded fellow. I've heard all different types of names used wrongly for the name of God, but as a follower of God, as you represent God, understand and know your God's name and understand the gravity and the holiness that comes with the name of God, that he is surrounded by angels every second and millisecond of every day that we could understand. He's surrounded by angels who cry, holy, holy, holy. There is no one like God. And as we learn to speak about God and we use God's name, God is close, God is friend, God is comforter, but ever forget that God is an all-consuming fire as well. And there needs to be a reverence and respect. We see even that Jesus had problems with this when he was in the New Testament. It says that, it talks about in the Gospels that Jesus, it says no no, no prophet has honor in his own hometown. When Jesus went back home and he's doing everywhere that Jesus goes, crowds are following him. He's doing miracles. He's casting up demons. He's healing people. Everywhere that people go, people are, Jesus, can I just, just a second, Jesus, can I just touch the hem of your garment? Jesus, just a moment, Jesus, will you come to my house? My daughter's died. Jesus, just one second, we realize who you are. But when Jesus goes back to his hometown, People don't have the reverence and respect for Jesus that he should as God. What people remember is, yeah, that's, that's Jesse's son. Yeah, we remember growing up with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we know who his brothers and sisters are. Yeah, we used to play with Jesus down, down by the river. And you can become, hear me clearly, Christians, you can become so familiar with God that you lose the reverence, awe, and respect for God. You can become so uh, familiar with God and his word and spending time with him in prayer, and you should come close to God. You should be a friend. You should experience God as a comforter. But don't ever grow so comfortable with God that you forget who he is and the reverence, the all, the respect, the honor, the glory that he deserves that we should never go close to. When you get too familiar with God to an extent, you can become so familiar that you lose the awe and the respect that you should have any time that you approach or even talk to God. And the second and last point is this. Not only do we represent God, 
by showing our respect to him, but we represent God when we keep our word. When we keep our word. See, we all understand the first concept, right? And it's typically what we think about when we hear, don't use the Lord God's name in vain. We get it. Don't say, oh my God, don't use you know, Jesus's name flippantly. We should only use it in the right context with the most reverence. We understand that. But you know that, the, and I don't even get to all of them, but there's at least six or seven different examples in the Old Testament of using the, Lord's God, the, using the Lord God's name in vain. And the second example that I just felt like is so important is in Leviticus 19.12. It says, you shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane it. Profane means disrespect. You shall not swear by my name, God's name, falsely and so disrespect the name of your God. I am the Lord. You know, in today's culture, because so many people are not honest, because so many people lie to us, we grow to learn that oftentimes in our life, words are cheap. Words are cheap. Yeah, you said you'd be there, and then, I'm sorry, just admitting it. It's like, we, we, we learn that people say, oh, I'm always gonna be there for you, and then when you need them, they're not there, and you're like, well, you said you were, but your actions aren't, so seems like your words are cheap. People promise us things. Even as children, I'm gonna be there at your game. I'm, I'm gonna be here for you. I'm never, and, and then they're not. And we kind of grow cynical to people's words. Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I've had a lot of people that have promised me and haven't, haven't you know, uh, made up those promises. I've had a lot of people that have told me they're gonna be there and they weren't there. I've had a lot of people that said, I'm gonna pay you back and they didn't pay you back. And so I don't really trust people at the words. I don't, I don't care until it's on a dotted line. That's when I trust people. And so out of this sense of knowing that words are cheap, you know what we do to compensate? We create language, hear me clearly, we create language to really make sure that people are serious. That's how we compensate. People lie to us, they're not honest, they break promises, so we need to create language in our relationships to make sure when you're really serious about what you say. And what do we say? hey, I'm gonna be there later for you, swear by it. Swear by it. Some of you are really created, swear by it on your dead grandfather's name, swear by it. Swear by it on your second cousin who's here is passed and swear by it. Promise it. I told you I'll be there, promise. I wanna hear that you promise. Promise it to me. When we're young, what do we do? Double dog dare, pinky swear. I'll, swear the, I'll, I'll, I'll share the Fruit Loops with you. Pinky swear it. What are we saying? You know what we're saying in that? Either I don't know you, part one, or we're saying ultimately, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. If you have to ask somebody, if you're in a relationship, whether it's a spouse, a friend, and you're at a point in your relationship where you don't really trust them. Yeah, I was, out, I was over here. Promise me that you were there. You know what that means? You don't really trust them. And sometimes it's legitimate, right? They've lied to you. They've cheated so many times. They've hurt you. They've told you they were somewhere else and they weren't there so many times that their word is worth so little to you that you have to say, promise me, swear on this name, on that name. And some of us who are religious think, okay, 
pinky swear, uh, you know, I swear it, promise on your dead siblings or family or whatever. And then the ultimate thing is swear it to God or take the Bible out and put your hand on it and swear it to the Bible. And what we're ultimately saying is I don't trust you. So I'm going to create something to make me know that you're really, really serious. And what God is saying here is anytime that you swear by his name and specifically, especially when you swear by his name and then you break it, you are using his name in vain. You are robbing his name of, it, of the worth because God's name is attached to, you know what? Faithfulness. God's name is attached to truth. When God says something, it always happens. When God said he's gonna provide, he always provides. When God says he's gonna do something or God keeps a promise or makes a promise in the New Testament, the Old Testament, you can guarantee that God is gonna do it because it is literally against God's nature or who he is for him to break a promise. God has never broke a promise and God will never break a promise. That's what makes him God. And God is saying, I want you to be like me. I don't want you to swear on somebody's name, on anybody's name, and especially don't promise by my name. Because you should be such a person of integrity and faithfulness. You should be the most reliable person that anybody knows in your circle. You know why? God's saying, because you represent me. And my family, when we say something, we do it. We don't have to promise. We don't have to swear. Our word is our bond. And my father would always make this super evident to us growing up. We would not trust one another, right? Because we break each other's word when we're children with one another. And so uh, me and my silly pinky swear, you know, and I don't even remember all of them. Three finger swear, I don't remember. We, make, we came up with, you know, hit your shoe together, swear it. And we were coming up with so many concepts, like this is the, the highest of the highest promise. And my dad would always teach us and remind us the scripture. He said, listen, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You shouldn't have to say, I promise to people for them to believe you. If you have to say that, it's because you don't live an honest lifestyle. You don't live a faithful. You say something, your words don't mean a lot. But when your words mean a lot, Josiah, and he would tell us, when your words mean a lot, all you have to say is, I'll be there and you're there. All you have to say is, I'll show up, I'm there. I'll pay you back, and it's done. You don't have to chase people down. And let me speak, let me speak to some of you directly who, who in this room have a, who had a problem with that, and maybe there's even shame with that. Let me say, all things are created new in Christ. All things are created new. If you have a relationship with your kids and you have blown it, I mean, thousands of times with your kids, over and over and over, or you've blown it with a spouse and they don't trust you. They track you on their phone. They, that's all signals to say that they do not trust you. And you've blown it so many times. Can I tell you, as a Christian, you need to make a change today. Stop promising, stop swearing by things, whether it's other people or yourself, you are going to be a person like God who when you say it, you do it. And if you can't do it, don't say it. But you need to be men and women, parents, 
uh, friends, neighbors who are so serious that you'll, they'll travel across the country to hold your word because you are just a person of your word. And, and it says so clearly in Matthew 5.37, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you have a bad track record, time to turn it around. You may have promised things in the past. Now you say, hey, I want you to promise. You know, I don't have the promise because that was the old me. The old me broke promises. The new me doesn't break promises. My yes is my yes and my no is my no. Hey, dad, tell me you're gonna be there because you weren't there last time because of work. No, 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 no. That was the old me. I didn't show up. I dropped the ball. I did this. But now me and Christ today, because I heard what was said, I'm gonna be there every single time. And if I can't, I'm gonna tell you up front, but I'm not gonna be disappointing people around me constantly because I can't keep my word because I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. Would you stand with me? Entitled this sermon, Watch Your Mouth. That's what mom used to say to me all the time. Watch your mouth, Josiah. I don't know about you, but I have scriptures like this and maybe as you reflect and you hear God's word, he's poking on an area of your heart. He's saying there's an area of your heart, you just, you're not representing them right. You're using God's name and your kids are like, hey, stop doing that. I just, I know I'm trying to get it under control, but you're just, you're just flippantly throwing God's name around and everybody around you is seeing, okay, there's not a lot of worth and value in that name to you. And let me say this, if you never, if you don't have the proper respect for God, you will never submit or serve him the way that you need to. If you don't have the proper respect for your boss, you're not gonna listen to what they say. If you don't have the proper respect for God and who he is in his name, you will never fully submit in the right way to God the way he's called you to. You need to have respect and reverence and awe. It's healthy to have fear of God. Fear, reverence, respect for who God is. That God is the only one with the power of life and death in his hands, the only one. The Bible says that God is the only judge. And if you've heard this scripture today, you've heard this sermon today, and God through his Holy Spirit is pressing on you, I wanna challenge some of you in the room to come up the altar, to bow your knee, and say, God, from here forward, I'm, I'm not gonna take your name lightly. I'm not gonna take you lightly anymore, God. I'm not gonna take my respect for you. I'm not gonna take my respect for your name. I'm not gonna flippantly throw your name around and sin against you. Just, well, it's everybody does it. No, 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 that's, that's them. But I'm, I'm a child and a son or a daughter of the Most High, and I wanna respect you. I wanna honor you. I wanna represent you. I don't wanna take your name lightly anymore. I've taken it lightly, but I need to honor and respect your name. And maybe it's in promises. Maybe it's in the words that you speak that people just know when you say something, yeah, yeah, they're not gonna be there. Yeah, they're just kinda, that's your reputation. 
And I wanna challenge you from today forward, because you're a follower of God, because you represent Jesus, that you today will respect God, you'll honor God, and you will take your words seriously when you speak to everybody around you. And if that's you, I wanna invite you forward. Would you step out of your seat? This is just a moment to say, God, just between you and God, not person next to you, get down on your knees before God and say, God, I will honor you, I will respect you. How I use your name, I haven't had the reverence and the respect for your name that I should. God, I have used your name in vain because I have not kept my word. My word means very little, but today I changed that. If that's you, I wanna invite you forward. We're gonna worship, we're gonna sing right now. But if somebody's being pressed upon in their heart and they know, okay, today's the day I need to bow down and just, I need to have reverence for Almighty God because I do not have it and it's showing in these two areas. Then as we sing, you can step out of your seat and while this song, you can come up in here, kneel down and pray. Let's sing.